You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you're indeed Locked On Magic. Today is April 25th, 2021, a special Sunday episode of Locked On Magic. My name is Philip Ross, and I'm the expert insight editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Like I said yesterday, uh, I did uh, another session with Stuart Hodge. Um, We spoke about uh, the Magic kind of a month now after the trade deadline. And I wanted to run it over the weekend. Uh, We recorded it Friday. Um, So I wanted to run it over the weekend before we got too far ahead on things with games going on and and to kind of do this checkup. So uh, if you want to listen to part one of our conversation, uh, it would be on yesterday's episode, on Saturday's episode of Locked on Magic. We'll still do... Our normal episodes throughout the week, I'll have a recap of the Magic's game against the Indiana Pacers coming up. Um, and then, of course, Saturday came um, the news that Steve Clifford had tested positive for COVID-19. So I'll talk a little bit about that and what we know at this point about Steve Clifford and uh, what it means for the team moving forward here for the next couple of couple of days, probably for the next week or so. Um, we'll get to all that coming up here in just a moment. But before I do any of that, I do want to remind you all you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. By searching for every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's a podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the level of care and detail that you can only expect from local experts who know their team best. What the lowdown on the Indiana Pacers ahead of tonight's game? Check out our friends at Locked On Pacers. No matter who your team is, whether it's in the NBA, NFL, NHL, MLB, or college too, there is a Locked On podcast for you. Just search for every download podcast for Locked On in the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Before we get back into the conversation with with Stuart, um, obviously Saturday came with some, you know, shocking news, I think is the right word to describe it, certainly shocking to Steve Clifford. Um, that's the Magic's coach, Steve Clifford, has tested positive for COVID-19. Um, if, you're, if you're, you know, obviously we're playing in the middle of a pandemic, there's always a possibility for people, for um, players to test positive for the virus. You know, obviously we saw, you know, Zach Levine now in health and safety protocols for the Bulls. We Evan Fournier just uh, came back from a bout with COVID as well. Um, obviously, we saw players before entering the bubble um, get, you know, uh, test positive for it or get sick with it. Um, you know, Mobamba, it's been a, you know, kind of recurring story that, you know, he had a really bad case of COVID-19 that really affected his ability to get ready for the season. And that's kind of kept him behind the entire year. Um, it's, it, 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 I mean, this is unfortunately the risk that everyone took. Um, and the NBA, I think, has done... You know, although you're, certainly there are places you can disagree with the NBA and some of the decisions that they've made, the NBA's done about as good as it can to make sure their players are safe while also still being out in the world and potentially exposed to other people. If you're not familiar, um, NBA players and team personnel are tested twice daily, um, and that is how they caught what happened with Steve Clifford. Let's get the timeline down correctly, as, as Steve Clifford told it um, to, to reporters on Saturday. So when the Magic played the Atlanta Hawks on Tuesday... Um, they were, everyone in that game was potentially exposed to someone who tested positive to COVID-19 because one of the officials in that game would later test positive for uh, COVID-19. That put both the Magic and the Hawks kind of on high alert, as Steve Clifford uh, said it. It it put them in the heightened uh, safety protocols. Um, So they're still tested twice every day. There's maybe a few other things that go into that. But essentially, Steve Clifford was fine. 
Um, he tested negative both times Wednesday. He tested negative Thursday morning. He actually said he got the second Moderna vaccine shot on Thursday afternoon. So it was a surprise to him and probably a surprise to the team because, you know, the vaccine does not lead to a positive test. Um, that the second sample that was taken Thursday, um, it was revealed after Thursday's game that Steve Clifford had tested positive for COVID-19. The Magic were off Friday anyway, so everyone went through another round of testing. Both times, Clifford said he tested negative on Friday. However, when he came in on Saturday, what typically happens, and, and you've seen players complain a little bit about this at times or, or note this at times, what typically happens is players come in in the morning uh, before practice, they get tested, and they all just kind of sit in their cars until uh, the test results come back. It can be like 45 minutes to an hour before the test results come back. Um, and so they... And so during those morning tests uh, on Saturday, that's when Steve Clifford uh, tested positive for a second time and, and got placed in kind of the health and safety protocols. Um, practice was canceled Saturday. Everyone's being tested again, and I'm sure they'll be under kind of careful scrutiny for a little while longer. Clifford said that uh, Clifford said that um, he is not feeling any symptoms. That's kind of the most important thing. Um, because he is someone that might be at a higher risk. He's, you know, had stents placed in his heart. He's missed games because of a lack of sleep. Um, you know, he had the dehydration issue late last year too. Um, he's had some medical issues during the course of the season or during the course of his coaching career um, that definitely, you know, kind of raised some, some, you know, kind of raised some alarms a little bit. But fortunately, Clifford said he is feeling fine. He still encourages every, he is encouraging everyone and I will do the same. I'm one shot in as well. Um, to go get the vaccine, um, you know, uh, I, from what I was trying to do some reading and trying to answer this question about why you can have a positive test after getting the vaccine and what the vaccine does is it doesn't necessarily prevent it, it from what, from what, it, what, what I read. And, and if this is a little, I don't mean this to misrepresent things, but from what I read, the vaccine, you know, does do a good job preventing you from getting a positive test. But if you do test positive, it does, it does a really good job making sure the disease doesn't get where it can cause some real damage. Um, so, um, you know, I, I, I think that we can take heart that, you know, Cliff is in a good place. Um, you know, he seemed in good spirits. He was joking a little bit with the media after, uh, not not about the diagnosis, obviously. I think he wants to make sure that, it, that everyone takes it seriously and continues to take social distancing and mask guidelines seriously, even as the vaccine continues to proliferate. We're not at a point where um, we have herd immunity. Um, it's going to take a long time for us to get there, um, but but we're getting closer and closer and closer, which is which is a good sign, um, you know. But he seemed to be in good spirits, and you know he's going to be antsy. He's going to want to coach this team again, um, but he's not going to be able to for a little while. Uh, this morning, as I'm recording, uh, Adrian Wojnarowski reports that it does not seem likely that this is a false positive, which is what the Magic were hoping for um, under the NBA's health and safety protocols. Um, a person who tests positive either has to go into quarantine for 10 to 14, for at least 10 days, I believe, after symptoms subside. So no symptoms, so we're good there. Um, and then they have to test negative twice on two PCR tests within 24 hours of each other. The hope, I think, was that the Magic could get a, a test on Saturday um, and then another test Sunday and have him coach tonight against the Pacers. That's not going to happen. Even Clifford said that was unlikely. There was maybe some hope that he'd be able to coach Monday. But it does does seem, according to Woj's report, that it looks like Clifford will be out for a couple games, will not be on the bench uh, for the Magic. Um, probably not on this road trip coming up. The Magic uh, play the Pacers tonight and the Lakers tomorrow at the Amway Center. Then they go to Cleveland 
and to Memphis, and then they'll play Memphis again on Saturday at the Amway Center. Uh, I would suspect that Clifford will miss all of those games at this point, just just to be on the safe side again. Where, where this is a, a you know kind of like how players are being held out, perhaps with some minor injuries. Um, you know, I, I, there may not be any reason to to rush the coach back uh, as much as he can. Um, Clifford said he's still going to be involved as much as he can. Obviously, he won't be on the bench during games. You know, I'm sure he'll still be talking and watching stuff on practice and sending notes. Um, Ty, Ty Corbin uh, will be taking over as the interim head coach while Clifford uh, is in quarantine or in health and safety protocols. Um, and so we're just all sitting here just hoping that Cliff continues to feel well. Um, that a negative test comes quickly and that uh, he's able to get back with the team as soon as possible. Um, again, it, it it feels like I mean I, I mean we're obviously past the point where COVID nineteen is is so scary. I mean there's certainly there's certainly points you know last March um, where it felt like oh if you got COVID nineteen that you could be in some serious danger. That's not the case. We know that we understand that, um, but still it is it is shocking and it is worrisome. When someone who uh, when someone um, who you care about and who you know um, has disease, I mean, again, it's it's you just you just don't know and you don't know what effects it's going to have on people long term. I mean, we've seen what uh, it's done for to Mo and how it's you know kind of slowed Mo's development down and slowed his ability to get back into the swing of things. I mean, even someone like Jason Tatum who says now he has to carry an inhaler around with him because of his bout with COVID nineteen. Um, this stuff is is the stuff is very serious, even if it does not ultimately um, result in hospitalization or anything serious happening while the disease is, is, you know, kind of active in the body. Again, the good news here, Steve Clifford has gotten both shots of the Moderna vaccine, so he's not fully vaccinated yet. That comes two two weeks after, or CDC says that that comes two weeks after, uh, after that final shot. Um, so we're glad to hear, we're glad to hear that. We're glad to hear that Steve, that, that Coach Cliff is doing, doing well. Um, and that he's not showing any symptoms, and hopefully that continues uh, so that he can get back with the team as soon as possible. We'll get back to our conversation with Stuart Hodge here coming up in just a moment. But first, but first, we've you've heard me talk about Built Bar uh, forever. Um, you know, it's it's a protein bar for people who don't like protein bars. To be perfectly honest, um, I've gone to the store and done all those pro- and looked at all those protein bars and be like, oh, that 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 bar looks good. It's you know got a good flavor. It's Seems like it's everything that that I would want, and you know I'm not a protein bar person. I don't work out a ton. I don't I, I don't probably need these bars. They're just kind of good snack supplements or potentially a meal replacement. But then you taste it, and it's like that 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 doesn't taste quite like it says on the box. It always has that weird taste after it. Um, and then you look at the nutritional facts. It's like ah, oh, this thing's like 250 300 calories. I don't need that much. Well, Built Bar is the bar for you. Uh, Built Bar. Are, comes in 18 amazing flavors. They all taste exactly like they say on the bo- on the wrapping, and most of them are under 150 calories. It is it is literally the protein bar for the non-protein bar person, but it's great for the health-conscious person too, and it's a great and delicious treat um, to help you keep keep healthy and, and add some protein to to your to your diet, especially if you need some energy maybe late in the day. Right now, Bilt Bar has a special promo going on. Use the promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. What I want to see is, I want to see more of Clifford. I think he's really good at offensive schemes, but I, I want to see him getting a bit better when it comes to just allowing players a bit more creative freedom on the offensive end. 
You know, and I think I think honestly, like I think some of what we're seeing this year on that front is the fact that you know he doesn't have a point guard that he really trusts. Like Cole Anthony is a rookie. Rookies are going to play with some with some restrictions and with some stru- with without some structure. Markel Fultz, when he's back next year, Markel Fultz can run. I think Cliff trusts Markel Fultz a ton to run yeah, the offense yeah, yeah. And, and to know and to know how to manage a game. Like I don't think Clifford trusts Cole Anthony to manage a game yet, which is completely fair. Like I don't trust Cole Anthony to manage a game yet. Neither do I. Um, Markel Fultz, like I, I know the big frustration last year was that everyone felt like Clifford didn't trust Markel Fultz enough, and that there was all these restrictions on him. And I think that I thought that was a really fair compare fair criticism. But I was also like, look. Markel Fultz is still a rookie, essentially. That's, that was his first full year in the league last year. Markel Fultz at, was well managed by Clifford last year. Yes, and 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 you look at how the team played early in the year when Fultz was the when, when Fultz was the point guard. Fultz just played like Fultz was yeah. having a breakout year because Clifford trusted him to know what to do and when to do it. Um, and so, you know, getting. Um, I mean, I, I, I'm, I, I've probably been underselling just the impact that Fultz can have. Now, again, we don't know what his health is going to be like. We don't know how much he's going to be able to play. Um, we don't know when he's going to be able to play again. But having – and how long is it going to take him to kind of get back? So there might be some managing, you know, as he gets back in the swing of things. But Clifford trusts that Fultz knows how to run a team. Uh, and, and, and having that trust between a coach and a point guard, that changes everything. And the Magic just haven't cool. had that all year because Michael Carter-Williams probably isn't best as a point guard. Um, you know, you don't want him driving wildly into the lane. Um, Cole Anthony's a rookie. <laughs> wildly you know, being Chase and yeah. Rand, Randall's a rookie. Like, he trusts Carter Williams more than he trusts anyone else, which he should. Like, I, I would trust Michael Carter Williams to run the point more than anyone on this team right now. Um, you know, Cole Anthony, I think, starting to get a little bit more trust. He's starting to, sh- he's, he's shown a little bit more that he can do, that he knows how to manage a team. You know, I still think it's one of the things that I, I still have questions about, about with him, but. Um, the last few games, especially uh, since coming back from the injury, it looks like he's really, you know, really took that time to understand like how to manage a game better. And and I think we're seeing that play out. And so, you know, again, it, it's, it's really hard to predict the future because we just, we don't know what this team's going to look like beyond the end of the season. Cole's got, Cole's got, I mean, it's obviously he's got, literally got DNA, <laughs> but he, he also has that basketball DNA that you, you, you seem to want. And I, I have, I've actually got no. I've got reservations about the weaknesses in his game at the moment, particularly defensively. But at that, I still think that he's going to be a serviceable player on both ends with some 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 good skill that he, he can add to the team as well, um, particularly offensively. Um, and I think he could be one of the top five, definitely. Uh, rebounding guards in the league. Oh yeah, no doubt. Like that's, he's, he's fantastic. Got, the, at that. The, the thing, the thing that you got to like about Cole Anthony um, is the guy competes. Um, like totally. Like, and, and that he, moment, I, I, by the way, he, against the Timberwolves earlier this season yeah. was. I mean, that that what moment that was. That's yeah. probably the best moment. The, of the, the guy, season. like I, I can tell you, like Cole Anthony probably hates how much this team is losing. Like one of the things that I thought he struggled <laughs> with uh, on Thursday's game in Thursday's game was. Third quarter, down they're down 17. Cole is trying to put the team on his back and carry them back into that game. And, and again, I don't think he's the I don't know if he's the player that can do that. Um, I don't know if this is a team that can afford a player trying to do that, but I respect the try because I thought Cole played a yeah, really good first totally. half. And then the second half came in and, and you could tell like he was trying really hard to get the team back in. And again, it's maybe it's like digging, you know, kind of digging a hole if you're 
digging at the bottom. You can't dig yourself out of a hole. Um, you need to do other things to get, get there, get, get there. And again, that's a rookie learning some things, but um, you know, I thought, I thought Cole, I, I don't, I don't ever question that Cole is being aggressive and trying to do right by his team. Even if, even if it's not working. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm totally with you there. Um, what I want to do as well, um, the, don't want to go too long on this on this podcast, but I want to talk a bit more about some of the other talent on the Orlando Magic roster right now. So we'll start off with RJ Hampton, who we got in the trade um, with the Nuggets. I am looking at RJ Hampton, and every night almost on the Orlando Magic Twitter account, there's a coast-to-coast clip of him just absolutely searing up the court with the speed of an Olympic sprinter. Um, and definitely that uh, ability to in, in transition is is something that, that will make him useful to any NBA team. But what's he got other than that? How much more has he got to his game, do you think? Uh, I mean, he's, he's, he's just... He's just raw. Like he's just so young. Uh, he doesn't, I mean, I, I, I still think there's the sky's the limit with him in a lot of ways. Um, the elite, the speed is an NBA skill that he has. Um, so that's going to keep him on the floor because, you know, he can make those, make those great plays. And, and like nothing is more dangerous than RJ Hampton with an open court in front of him. Like once he gets up to speed, I think he's, yep. he's really good. Um, like with any player who's fast, um, as unless they're doing line drive straight to the basket, learning how to control your speed is the trick. Um, you know, like yeah. John Wall had to figure that out. The Aaron Fox had to figure that out. And again, I don't think RJ Hampton's as good as those guys, but by, by the way, that's something just, just on the Fultz topic. That's something that he just, seems yeah. To Fultz is, Fultz is great at controlling his speed. Like, yeah, so yeah. Good at it. yeah. Like, and Cole, I think has gotten really good at it too. Like Cole isn't like as blindingly fast, but he's really good at manipulating, manipulating pace and speed. And, and that's such a big thing. And so anytime you have a, like, to me, every time I watch RJ Hampton, like, especially when he's making decisions, when he's like trying to play make, I'm just like, slow down. It's, it's like the old wrestling adage. You're, you can never go too slow. Like make the audience see, ev- make the audience see everything. Um, he's going to go fast. <laughs> like he, he has that, he only has one speed right now. And that's again, yeah. young guy, he's got to learn how to control his speed a little bit. And so like, every time I see him play, I'm just like, you know, you're fast. Don't worry about it. Slow down. Like slow it down just a just a hair, and you're going to be significantly better. Um, his three point shot's got to get better. Um, I, I like yeah. that he's confident shooting. Um, you know, I know that was the big knock on him coming into the draft process was that he wasn't much of a shooter. Um, you know, I, he still got work to do, but I, I like I think the stroke is fine. Um, and I just want to I, I like that he's confident with it, and so if he continues working at it, I, I think that I think that he can get there. Um, you know, so I, I think RJ is really interesting. I mean, I, I really liked him in the draft process. I thought that he would have been a good pick for the magic to take at 15. Um, I think Cole Anthony was the better pick. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. yeah um, but, but I, but I think that I had RJ on my board and, and someone that I was, I was really curious and interested in. Yeah. The two vets, um, that we picked up Otto Porter, Jr. Gary Harris. Um, what, what, what's your opinion on them so far? Um, you know, I think Gary is obviously getting back into the rhythm of things. Um, we've certainly seen him play a lot better over the last few, few weeks. The one thing I didn't realize about Gary Harris was that he's actually a pretty good driver. Um, like he, like I've joked yeah. that he went, I've, I've joked that he went to the Dwayne Bacon school of finishing at the rim. Cause he does all these kind of wild, difficult finishes, but he, I mean, he can get them to go down. Um, once that three, I mean, I, 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 I love the Gary Harris acquisition. I thought that he could be a really good veteran. You know, everything that I've heard from the den from people in Denver, is that he is the perfect they teammate. They loved him they in that locker room. They, they absolutely love loved him. I, I was doing some coverage um, for, for Sky Sports, who's 
one of the, the companies I work for over here. Um, and it was just as Michael Porter Jr. was having his breakout. And everyone was actually talking in the Denver locker room about Gary Harris and the impact that he was having in terms of just the... the. And I mean, obviously, you've got Nikola Jokic as a highlight reel in himself every night. But it was amazing just to see the impact and the respect from, from Coach Malone downwards that they had in that organisation for him. And I feel kind of sorry for him in a way because he's been traded from a contender to, to a team in a rebuild. But, I mean, I'm sure he's the type of guy that will lick his wounds and get on with it. And he's going to be yeah, valuable. Yeah, and he's going to be, he's gonna be a free agent at the end of next season. So he's got plenty of motivation to play well. Um, my my yeah. big my big concern with him is kind of the Serge Ibaka concern. Is is mm-hmm. how bought in is he going to be to this group? You know, how how much patience is he going to have for this young group and, and kind of bring this young group along and help them stay organized? Like right now, it definitely feels like not that not that Gary Harris is selfish. I'm not I'm not saying there, but it, it feels like oh, Gary Harris is playing to get himself back into shape and get himself back into the swing of things, rather than you know kind of helping and focusing on on making the team a little bit better as a whole. Um, but that but but to that point too, the Magic play better when Gary Harris is on the floor. Like he like like yeah. like I, I think Clifford said before the game last night or Thursday night that that Gary Harris you know, something that he's going to lean on Gary Harris a little bit more to do is like, if they have three bad possessions in a row, get the ball to Gary Harris, something good's going to happen. And I think we did see that at points last uh, Thursday night where the magic maybe had a couple bad possessions where they didn't get great shots and they come down the floor and run a play specifically to get Gary the ball and just kind of see what, see what happens there. And, and, and and at least in the first quarter, good things happen when that, when that happens. So, you know, I think the magic still need to integrate Gary more. I'd like to see his scoring bump up. I think that he could be, I think that he'll be a key player for the team next year if they if they keep him, uh, and and I think that he'll he'll be a, a really important veteran for this group. The 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 interesting thing for me is uh, I think the the level of that success will be how his three point shooting bounces back and, and whether it does to to and to what level um, because three and D guard really really good 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 standard three and D guard in the league now. I have uh, one sort of thought on just what you were saying about how bought and he's going to be. I think it's going to have a significant impact when Markel Fultz and Jonathan Isaac get back on the floor for the Magic, whenever that happens. Um, and it's just, I mean, what, what, what do you know about the, the the current timelines of either of those? I mean, it's a bit murky, but obviously you're you're a bit more plugged into the Magic Matrix um, than us mere mortals. So um, have, you, have, you, have you got anything on the, on the kind of latest on that? On, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. On, on, on what, what specifically? On, on, on timelines for Fultz and Isaac. Oh, um, I have honestly, I have not heard anything about how far along they are in their in their process and and progress. I mean, uh, you know, they say that ACL tears are nine to twelve months out. Um, mm-hmm. so Isaac got hurt in August, so nine months would be May. Um, so he might be cleared for basketball activities like very early in the off season, which I think would be good. Um, you know, hopefully you could see him compete. I, I would expect Jonathan Isaac to be ready for training camp um, at the, at the very least. I would expect him to be ready for uh, any off season programs that the, that the magic have, you know, around labor day ahead of training camp. Um, so I would expect Isaac to be fully ready to go. Markel, he got hurt in January. So that puts him in September um, at the, as the earliest. Um, it would not surprise me if he is back for training camp. I am not betting on it. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if they they hold Fultz out. But um, what's interesting about Fultz is is he he definitely has some impetus to come back quicker or sooner than later. 
Um, he signed a three-year contract, that contract extension that kicks in next year. He signed a three-year extension. That third year is, is only partially, or that third year, I believe, is a team option. And so he essentially has two years to prove that he should stay in the league, that you, you know, that he should get that third year. Um, so he does not have much motivation to miss a ton of time next season. Um, like if he, mm. if he's out until the all-star break or until the, you know, until January next season, um, that's a half year gone. He only has a year and a half now to show that he's worth that team option. So I think there's a, I mean, again, I, I think that the magic medical staff is not thinking about that stuff. They're going to clear him when he's ready to, when they feel like he's capable of playing, you know, folks, it, by all indications, both guys have worked extremely hard, um, to come yeah. back. Uh, you just, we don't know where they are in the process, but by all accounts that I've heard, they've both worked extremely hard um, to, to be back. They're, they've obviously, we've seen them on the bench at games. They're not traveling with the team, but they've been on the bench at home games. Um, when I've been at the Amway Center, I watch, you know, Markel Fultz, like he'll be chatting with the coaches during timeouts. Um, he'll pull Cole Anthony aside and chat with him a lot. Like, like these guys are still staying engaged with the team, um, even though they're not playing. So uh, I've have every faith that they're going to make the, they're, they're going to make good decisions for themselves and be ready to play when they're ready to play. It's interesting what you're just on that topic. It's interesting how because these are still quite young guys, but they're I mean automatically by default by the the the, the amount of juniors on the roster they they've had to step into a leadership role, and actually doing that at this early stage in their careers I think could be really empowering for them both, um and 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 barring barring further injury problems because they, they, they've both obviously had a litany of injuries in their career so far, um. I expect them both to be very high-level NBA players. Jonathan Isaac, in particular, has has a, a massively high ceiling. Um, just, I mean, just to sort of revisit, we, we, we talked about Gary Harris. Um, I did mention Otto Porter Jr. Uh, I mean, did, did the Magic, did the Magic do much in terms of renewing him? Uh, or I mean, it's it's tough. Um, you know, I, I think that if they, I, I always said when they acquired him, if they like him, I wouldn't mind seeing him back because I think that you know, give him a one year deal, give him a one year kind of sweetheart deal. Um, you know, I, what, from what we saw in the, in the little time that he played, I really liked, um, you know, I think that he could really help this team and, and give them some stability that they desperately need. I, I think well, well, ha- my having concern- someone that can do his scoring as, as it's like, it's like the thing, yeah. the magic lack, yeah. you know, I mean, I like my, my big concern for next year is that the team's going to be too young. Like I am really afraid that the team's going to be way too young. I think Otto Porter would help this team a ton, even if it means pushing Chumo Kiki to the bench for a little while. Um, but I mean, he's hurt. Like, like we haven't seen enough from him and, and, you know, I don't know if I'm willing to give that role to someone that I don't know is going to be able to play 60 games. Yeah, no, no, no. I think that's fair. Uh, I want Especially with the injuries the Magic have on top of that, with like Isaac being, how many games Isaac can play next year? Like, I don't think Isaac's going to play back to backs next year. So now now here's the thing, right? I mean, is it, is there something remiss with the conditioning and 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 the staff and the trainers and and stuff like I mean, can't, is there any way we can try and legislate for this historic, catastrophic number of injuries? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, I am not a medical expert, so I, I, I tend to 
I tend not to. I've already to got you to do your best Dr. Phil impression, by yeah. the way, by asking for well, Mark Elfolks. Well, if you don't, no, yeah, no, no. Um, a lot of these injuries were random. Um, you yeah, know, maybe, no. maybe some overuse. The season's weird. The season's been very, very weird. But a lot of these injuries were random. Um, if it were players coming back from injury and then re-injuring that same injury, I'd be concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like with Isaac, yeah, he injured the same knee, but like, I mean, he hadn't played for eight months, uh, you know, and ACL tears are usually pretty random. Like you, there's, there's, when, when your and, knee, when your knee snaps, ready. Snapped. You, you saw the way he was playing in the bubble. He was ready. Yeah. yeah. It was just a yeah. freak bad luck. It's a freak injury. Like the Cole Anthony thing, that was a freak injury. That was a rib injury. That was a really odd rib injury. Um, you know, mm-hmm. not, not one that, that we see very often. Um, you know, Markel obviously torn ACL. Like that had nothing to do with his shoulder. They've been really good about managing his shoulder. Um, you know, Alfred Camino was the only guy that really had a setback from you know from during a rehab of an injury. Um, and it was odd that it took him so long to come back from a meniscus tear. But again, you know, I, I'm sure the Magic will review their medical personnel and say like, okay, this how could we have done things better? Um, you know, what like they'll do some internal, you know, some internal. Um, what's it called? Um, I forget. I forget what the term. What the Tr- troubleshooting? No, or? not troubleshooting. It's uh, shoot. It's I forget what the what the cor- corporate tease is. But like, <laughs> they'll they'll do they'll do an internal review and say like, how can we be better at this? What can we do better? And if they determine like, look, the staff that we have didn't do the job that we expect them to do, they'll they'll get a new staff. It's, it's that simple. I mean, they'll they'll be moving into the new practice facility in January. Um, so you know they'll you know, maybe that'll help a little bit. They'll have more resources available to yeah, them, that's but, true. but, uh, you know, like, like Lindsay, like Lindsay Winninger, the, uh, the, the, uh, um, the new high performance director, like she's worked with world-class athletes her entire life. Like her, like she was, she was Lindsay Vaughn's, um, you know, athletic trainer when she tore her AC, when she tore ACL and helped her get, get back from the torn ACL. Um, you know, this is, this is someone who is, you know, not unfamiliar with working with elite athletes and helping them get through injuries. So, you know, I, I tend to chalk this year up to bad luck. Um, the Magic had some bad luck last year too, but I, I talked I chalked this up to bad luck. It was just you know, again, the nature of the season probably didn't help things. Um, with the yeah, fact, with the with the with the games like all crunched in, and honestly, like I think we're seeing this throughout the league. The effects of of this season and how rushed this season is is going to be felt for for years to come. I think, and it's sad as well, um, especially when you look at the, the situation in Denver, for example. It's, it's just you, you don't want to see these these things happen. And I think there is. I, I think I think actually Adam Silver's been a fantastic commissioner for the NBA, but I think this is something, and I kind of feel for him because obviously the global pandemic was was a factor. But I think he's going to come under some pressure. Um, over over the the calendar and 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 the way it's sort of gone um, from 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 some of the teams and execs because I think I think that a lot of teams are are not necessarily happy and the league has done what it has tried to in terms of making sure that the the, the back to backs against the same teams are done together and and all. And of it sounds that. like that's something that team that the league wants that that a lot of teams were like yeah keep these we like these we like playing the same team back to back just knocking that trip out and staying in one as spot a fan I don't like it I don't like, like it either I, as a fan I don't like it either either as a fan and honestly as a coach I wouldn't like it because I'd want to be able to like let's say you're Let's say you're a team like the Magic, you're competing for a playoff spot and you play Milwaukee. I want mm-hmm. to be able to say, like, well, we played Milwaukee in November. We we didn't we played okay, we didn't play great. 
I want to measure myself up against them in Milwaukee or at home again in February. Like it's a good good way to do progress check check on your team. Plus, if you're the magic and you do games like that, then you win the first one and then lose the rest. Like that's that's the way we tend to do things. <laughs> um, no, I j- just want to end on on a bit of a positive, um, and that would be talking about the two guys that are driving all the excitement at the moment. Um, and I want to give them both a good bit of airtime. Um, and and always for me, it's it's. I'm obviously a fan. I'm based in in the UK um, with some journalistic jobs and, and and stuff as well. But we we get to see the tape. We get to see what 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 you see on the broadcast. Um, whatever you may think of Ali Sports Florida, no comment there. Um, but we get to see that, and we get to see all of the all of the stuff. You're in the arena, and that for me, any sport, by the way, is is different if you're watching it live. You're taking in more. And um, I mean, for example, the way that you were able to talk there about what's happening in and around the bench. And I've got to say the culture around the magic still seems really positive and and the direction is exciting. And I think we're all happy with that. What I want to know, though, is like, is there any particular insight you can give me on Wendell Carter Jr. and Chuma Okeke that, I might not have noticed from being really excited watching them on the TV broadcast. Is there is there anything that stood out for you just by being in the arena about either player? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm not I'm not at every game uh, as like I like I used to be because of my day job. But um, but uh, so I haven't spent a ton of time in the building when when those guys have played. I mean, the thing that still impresses me most about Juma um, is he just he makes all the right decisions. Um, you know, I. I, I think the shooting struggles he's going through right now, and I'm planning to dive a little bit deeper into that. Um, by the time this airs, it'll be posted on the line of magic daily, but um, the shooting struggles I think he's going through are the rookie wall a little bit. Um, I think that he's, you know, he's played a lot of games um, and I think he's worn down a little bit. And I think defenses are playing him a little bit differently now that he's a little bit higher on the scouting report. Yep. Um, but you know, I, I still, I'm still really impressed with how Chuma, um, he just has a very good feel for the game. Um, you know, Cliff, that's what Clifford would say, but, but it's true. Like he, he, he knows where pressure is coming from. He spends, he go, gets away from pressure. He's good at just staying within himself. And, and, you know, part of me wants him to explore and be a little bit more aggressive and assertive, but that just may not be who he is as a player or, or just may not be what he wants to be right now um, in his rookie year. Uh, I, I, I've been really impressed with Chuma. Um, his teammates seem to really like him. He, he, he doesn't have much of a personality with the media. Um, but he, but, but his teammates seem to really like him and, and, and really, really enjoy playing with him because I think he's a guy that can make a lot of, make a lot of other guys jobs easier. Um, you know, I was doing some lineup data study and, you know, consistently since the trade deadline, all the magic's best lineups, um, you know, are the ones that they've used a lot at least. They have Chumo Kiki and Wendell Carter. And some of that is, yeah, the depth is behind them isn't great, but those guys are still part of, you know, anytime you're like, well, what groups does Cole Anthony play best with? Chumo Kiki yeah. and Wendell Carter are there. What groups does RJ Hampton play best with? Chumo Kiki and Wendell Carter are there. It's it's like, it's literally like the, it, you put these rook, you put these young guys with any of the veteran players and one of Chumo Kiki and Wendell Carter that group's going to be okay. It, it may not be killer. It may not be, you know, running the world or anything, but that group's going to do fine. Like though, like do, those do guys you see them. Well. Do you see them as like a, a pair as well? Like the, the, do you think there are complementary aspects to their game that yeah, make them Yeah, like, like, like Chuma, Chuma can play with anybody like that. I mean, he, he's, he's a, 
great. I mean, I think he's a really good knockdown shooter. He's obviously struggling right now with the shots, but mm-hmm. um, you know, he's a good three point shooter. He knows where how to. I mean, like honestly, like big the big thing. Watch watch how he plays. Uh, he relocates really well. Like he knows how to stay in people's passing vision and to be open. He's, for- he's great at that. The other thing is his anticipation and passing lanes is yeah. fantastic for his. Yes, yeah, his defense is his defense is incredible. Like, like I mean, he's really. not. He's not an otherworldly defender like Jonathan Isaac was right out the gate, but his positioning, his understanding of where to be, his understanding of where to be for help is really good. Again, like all these guys, you know, maybe get sucked into the ball a little bit too much. They're a little late getting back out to the three point to the three point shooters. Like Okiki's been caught a few times making rookie mistakes. Like that's that's understandable. Um, but he tends like his mistakes tend not to repeat. Um, he tends to get things very quickly. And again, that's the same thing with Wendell Carter. Like Carter seems to get things very, very quickly. Um, and that's why the magic play better when he's on the floor. Um, you know, I think, you know, I, I want to see Carter be more aggressive. Like I, 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 I look at the box score sometimes and I see he only had eight shots and like, that needs to be 12, 13, like the magic, the magic, the magic are at their best when they get him shots, when they get him on rolls, when they get it, when, when they get, keep him involved and he just seems to disappear in games. And that part frustrates me because I think he, what what part of the offense, what part of the offense do you like him um, um, or his offensive game do you like best so far? Of Wendell, um, his yeah. his pick and roll, his pick and roll offense is fantastic. Like the Magic, like I, I I I've joked about this a few times, but the Magic haven't had like a lob threat since really since maybe Dwayne Dedman. But um, the Magic really haven't had a lob threat um in in a while now, and and that's what Wendell Carter can be. Wendell Carter can be yeah. a, a lob threat, and and that part is really really important. Yeah, I, I think the other thing is he's shown flashes of some some other types of things as well. Um, sometimes the stroke's been good from further out. Um, I quite like him in the post. Um, there's a few different aspects to his game that have totally. And I, I think this is this is the thing. I mean, obviously working covering sort of the entirety of the NBA, you you, you cover most teams at some point, but teams like the Bulls, you're not going to cover a great amount. Um, because normally, if if you're working on a, a, a sort of standard editorial shift in the in, in the kind of media as we do, then it tends to be the big name teams um, and the the contenders that you're watching most readily. But when we got Wendell Carter, who the Magic were obviously really high on when when, when he was getting drafted as well, and probably um, at least as far as I've sort of been able to acknowledge so far. I think Wendell Carter would probably be next in line for that pick during that draft. Then I'm kind of looking at the situation now and and thinking this just seems in the same way that Mo Bamba just doesn't it just doesn't seem to fit for him here, and he would benefit from a new situation. Um, you said about Wendell and the the problems of the Bulls. It just seems like everything has sort of aligned for him. And in a wider context about the Magic, there's so many players who seem to be in a good situation here now. There's so many players that I look at and I think it's not like the the situation that we had where you could have said Nikola Vucevic belongs on a better team, Aaron Gordon um, would do better in, in a team where he actually fulfilled the role of what he is as an NBA player rather than trying to be something he's not. You look at all of the players now and it's with the exception of Bamba, with him as the sole exception to this rule, I look at everyone and I think there's room for you to grow here. And that's a great place to be as a franchise. And I think for me, 
um, a nice kind of point for, for, for me to want to end on, unless you've got anything to add to that. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that... I, I, I definitely think that that this is a great uh, great place for for young players to be able to learn. They're obviously getting a ton of opportunity, but you know, I, I the only thing I push back on is they got to take advantage of that opportunity. Um, they got, I mean, the team has the team has to create the right environment. And, and again, like my big concern that I've seen over the last ten games or so um, is they're not making the progress that they need to make. Um, that, that that the players are not taking advantage of this opportunity of of you know just getting a little bit better. Um, you know we're not we're not expecting a ton of wins, but seeing the team struggle as much as they have um, is is really concerning to me. And and mm-hmm. you know I, I, I this is the uh, this is a point I hammer home all the time. Like you can't just rely on ping pong balls. Like there has to be a team for that player to come to come to. And while yes, this is a great place and a great opportunity, and I think that we have the right coach to help this team learn and grow players have to take advantage of that opportunity and they have to make the most of the time that they have. And, you know, again, Clifford is big on this and I agree with him. You have to, you have to take advantage of these learning opportunities. And if you're not going to do that, then, you know, what are we doing here? <laughs> like again. And, and do you know what, man, you've just totally blown out the water. My, my attempt to end on a positive. So it's a good one. I, know, I, I, I am, I am my, 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 I've been. I've seen this show before. I've seen this movie before. Um, and it didn't. Do you know what? I don't. I don't blame time. you for being cynical. I don't blame you for I'm, being I, cynical. I don't even but... think I'm being cynical. I'm just being cautious. I'm being circumspect. Uh, again, the, the way the way the way the way I've described what the Magic have done is they have a lot of really nice puzzle pieces. They have a lot. They have all these puzzle pieces on the table. A lot of them look really good. Some of them look like they fit together. The problem is, and this is the this is why I was a little bit circumspect and a little bit cautious about what the team did, even though I I agree with the logic and I don't think it was necessarily the wrong decision. We don't know what the picture on the box looks like yet. And it's really hard to solve a puzzle when you don't know what the picture on that, on the box looks like. What I would say is the picture in the box, a significant part of that is going to be determined. It's a draft. draft. Yep. So exactly. Exactly. That's the risk you take. if If they win the lottery, everything looks great. Everyone's excited. Like we know exactly what it is. If they get the sixth pick in this draft, all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, now what? Now what does this picture look like? What are we doing? Where are we moving forward? How are we going to build a team that's going to be closer to a championship? Because ostensibly, that's what Jeff Waltman said this was about. This was about getting closer to winning a championship. And so, yeah, I, I mean, you win the you win the lottery, you get Cade Cunningham. Even if you get the second pick and get Jalen Green. The picture looks a lot clearer and it's like, okay, now we have a clear direction. Now we have a clear vision of where we're going right now. Honestly, like, and I, I personally, this is just maybe a personal thing. I don't do deal well with uncertainty. Like I don't deal well with like, Ooh, I don't know about this or I don't know where we're going here. I, that's, 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 that's not how I live my life. Like I, I like things to be pretty, pretty well structured and organized. We're looking at a team that, you know, again, there's some interesting pieces. There's some nice young players. I get why people are excited about them. But we're we're still waiting for them to kind of put some of those put some of those pieces together, put some of the, some things together, and we're still waiting on them to kind of look like a team that you know again you add a guy in that's gonna make us make a significant step forward. Because honestly, I don't want to see the magic back at picking the top pick in the draft next year. And, um, and, and, and if that, just, that happens, I'm I don't think I don't think anyone should be happy about it. 
No, I, but the one thing I would say is, and and this is obviously that there are a few uncertainties here, right? So you've mentioned the draft situation. Although I think if we ended up with the six pick, as you see, then you package the Bulls pick and you move. But up. I don't think you're going to be able to move up. And I mean, I, I've I've toyed around with the idea. I, I want to really? ask some people this idea: like, what happens if you take Ross Bamba and you know the Bulls pick or your pick and try to move up into the top five? It depends on who gets into that top five, but. This top, the top five of this draft is so good. I don't think anyone wants to trade out of it. Yeah, no, that fair enough. So, but I think the one thing is, I'll, I'll come back to saying the front office gets a massive W for me for the flexibility element, sure. and I think that's where that's where we can remain confident. And the other thing I would say, just just in terms of of, of you cautioning against the fact we've not seen much of the picture yet, um, we mentioned the draft being a significant part of that. We've still got two pillars of the Magic's future to come yeah, back as well sure. from injury. For sure. So, so all of these factors, I think, are are the reason that so many people are positive. And I am honestly, like totally honestly, if you gave me even with a healthy Jonathan Isaac and Markel Fultz, um, and the three the three sort of cornerstones that we traded away. I am happier being in the position we are now as a franchise because I felt there was a ceiling on that group and the absolute level of the ceiling was a conference finals and probably a conference semi-finals at best with everything going your way. Whereas uh, now we sure. have the potential that we could I, build a team that could get through to the big one. I don't I don't disagree with the decision the Magic made. Um I think they I think I think the deal the Bulls gave them was the kind of deal that they should have moved Vucevic for. Um, you know, I didn't think yeah. they get. I didn't think they'd get that deal. Um, my my only point in any of this is, to me, no matter what the odds say, winning the lottery, getting a top four pick is a bonus. It's not something you should count on. And to me, you know, again, Magic wanting to get closer to a championship. They they're trying to get elite talent. They're trying to be you know a, a top a team that's going to be in the top four of the lottery. To me, the lottery winning the lottery is a bonus. Counting on a lottery win, counting on essentially a coin flip, because if you have the top odds to win the lottery, you have a fifty-two percent chance, I think, of, of winning of getting a top four pick. Depending on a coin flip, that that doesn't sit right with me. I, th I think you, I think again, uh, my big criticism of magic of magic history is all of their success has been built on the luck of winning the lottery. Yeah, yeah. And, and and so yeah, that's an easy path. They've never had to actually go through the work of, of finding a guy, maybe six, seven, eight in the draft that turns into a star for them. I um, am I, I am massively impressed by the work of this front office. Though. I am too. I have faith and in them. Like I, I, I have faith in the right moves. I have faith in them. And I think that the hit the, the button at the right time. For for a while, I think a lot of people were annoyed that they were standing pat and, and kind of waiting for things to happen. But when they went for a move, boy, did they oh, go and that's, for a and move. That's how they've been. When they, and, when and, they go for moves, they're, they're swings. And that's it. And that's what you've got to do, man. And listen, if the lottery luck goes against us again, you can't blame the front office for that. The, uh, a big a big thing, and, and Weltman said it himself, there were two number one picks, or sorry, two first round picks traded on draft night, and uh, they are, uh, both went to their Lando Magic. And that's that's a massive thing. Um, if you if you look at if you look at things for the franchise, so now 
I am in a position where I look at the future for the Orlando Magic, and there are so many things that you're kind of hoping go well, like the recovery of Jonathan Isaac, the recovery of Markel Fultz, um, the trajectory of all these players going forward. To be honest, and this is the I've kind of come to to this tonight, um, and I've had to. Do you know what? I loved. The, the guys that we had in the team before. And as I say, there was a lot of emotion invested in, in the fact that we moved on from them. During tonight's discussion, I've kind of in my head moved on from Mo Bamba, <laughs> like uh, su- succeeding here. Uh, I, I, I really have. like, uh, And that's not a criticism on him. It's not a criticism on, on anyone. It just hasn't worked out. Like, it just hasn't out. worked out. Like, and I happens. think... I think, like, I would have been annoyed before tonight's... And that's why I enjoy chatting with you, man, because before tonight's discussion, I would have been annoyed if the the front office had traded Mo Bamba, whereas now I would see him as the first name that I would put in any potential package for any potential asset, just on the basis of the fact that everything else around the franchise seems to be working. But do you know what? I'm going to lay down a gauntlet. Not that... I mean, if Mo listens to this, great... Man, we all want you to succeed. We all still believe Absolutely. in you. Go and show us in this final run of games that you I mean, can Mo, prove yourself to the coach. Mo, Mo, like Mo was a victim of the Magic success. You know, I think the Magic envisioned yeah. like bringing Mo along slowly. The how year under Vucevic, and then Vucevic would get trade get traded or, or or leave in free agency. Then all of a sudden, the Magic make the playoffs, and now the Magic go from the mode of we're willing to wait and develop guys to we need to win now. And yep. Mo was not a player that was ready to win now. Mo, and Mo Kim, Kim Birch as well. Kim Birch came into this league as someone that was was kind of an unknown quantity, but the, the sheer quality of his rebounding and how solid he was as an NBA role player, which, by the way, has been shown in spades since oh, yeah. his trade up north because like, they, they are, they are really, really big on him. Thanks, Stuart, for coming on the show once again. Hope that conversation over the last two days was uh, enlightening, uh, added some depth to some of the things that I say. I know I tend to monologue a little bit, so I do like having Stuart on to uh, ask me questions and provide a little bit of dialogue. Mixes things up for sure, and obviously we had the breaking news earlier on Saturday uh, that, uh, that that changes things up a little bit for the Magic over the next week or so. So we'll, we'll get into all that. The Orlando Magic again taking on the Indiana Pacers tonight at 8 o'clock at the Amway Center. We'll have complete coverage of that on our next episode of Locked on Magic, plus the Magic taking on the Lakers Monday night at the Amway Center to close this three-game homestand. The final homestand of the season. Magic will have just three home games left the rest of the season. Very road-heavy finish to the season. Orlando with just 13 games left. They have five home games in those 13 games. Um, be sure to follow Stuart. You can find him on Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook at Haji the Hack. That's H-O-D-G-E-Y-T-H-E-H-A-C-K. Um, Stuart works for Sky Sports, who have the NBA broadcast rights in the UK and does some other great podcast ventures um, as basketball tries to grow and blossom a little bit more in the UK. So definitely check him out again. That's Haji the Hack on Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook. Thanks again to Stuart for hopping on the show with us today. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. Hit your tune in Himalaya, Google, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at philiprr__md. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. That article I mentioned about Chumo Kiki shooting, 
That's up on orlandomagicdaily.com right now. You can check out uh, some of the numbers behind Okiki's shooting slump and why it's probably not a huge concern unless he's just not the shooter we all thought he was. Well, we'll find out over the next few years, I suppose. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Phil Cross. We'll next time for another episode of Locked on Magic.